is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Cards Live. This is episode 109. It is Saturday night, August the 14th, 2021. And my name, just like it was last week, is Jeremy Lee. All right, I do want to thank last Saturday's guest. We had Brian Gray, Leaf CEO, who joined for the early show. And the Card Ladder fellows, Chris and Josh, who came on for After Hours. Two great episodes. Check them out. They are on the channel. Later tonight on After Hours, veteran hobby insider, Dave Slipka, the most connected man in the hobby. He will be joining us later tonight for some interesting and exciting hobby talk. Next Saturday on the early show will be the PWCC Premier Auction Ending Watch Party. Joining me will be none other than Adam Gray, the Real 27 guy. Be sure to tune in for that. And on After Hours, Max Norris, also known as Putnam Cards on Instagram from the Hobby Update podcast, will be joining me. All right, I do want to shout out at the Big Three Hockey. Check them out on Instagram. As always, they do showcase certainly the certain most fine cards on the internet. Check them out. I also want to shout out um, the fellas that Can't Stop the Hobby podcast. They had me on last night. Check it out on their YouTube channel, Can't Stop Sports Cards. I also want to mention that uh, today, the latest issue of Basketball Card Fanatic came out. If you're not yet subscribed, check that out. Reach out to Adam at the Real 27 guy on Instagram. And again, I always like to shout out all the podcast listeners. There are so many of you. I apologize for slamming you guys with, with three episodes last week, almost six hours of content. But you know, if you watch those at 1.5 speed, you're going to save yourselves some time. And I also want to shout out all the subscribers. We've uh, we've blown past 3,400 subscribers on our way to 3,500. Excited to reach that milestone. And I finally want to shout out Chris Sewell from the YouTube channel Baseball Card Collector Investor Dealer in that order. Really thank him for featuring me and this channel on his recent national recap video. It was great to meet him and uh, we're going to have him on the show in, I believe we have him coming on on September the 23rd. I believe it's that, but we'll see. I got to confirm that for sure. As always, guys, tonight, your comments, your questions are in play. So don't be shy. Bring them out and uh, let's get to it. Tonight's guest, he is a hobby industry innovating entrepreneur who, along with his team, has created a selling platform upon which other entrepreneurs can launch their businesses and serve their customers. He's originally from Toronto, Ontario, currently hailing from Los Angeles, California, but unrelated to the Islander, great. Let's bring him out. Grant LaFontaine, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, very good, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, it, it is it is uh, my pleasure to have you, Grant. Um, I want I want to first mention that you know we we were put in touch several months ago now, and for whatever reason, it took us until tonight to have you on. And uh, I've been looking forward to it. I had meant to come and see you, or at least run into you at the national, and somehow. Somehow we just, we weren't able to do that. But uh, tell us a bit about your national experience. Yeah, you know, it was my first ever national that I went to, uh, so I won't lie. And, um, you know, I, I actually, you know, I went out there, we had, a, we had a big presence, a lot of the folks on the team. 
And, you know, I just wanted to connect with people in the hobby, see it from like ground level and, and be there to support the team and everything we had going on there. Uh, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It's just incredible. Uh, there's such, <clears throat> there's so much energy, like the building is just so full of people who loving the hobby and just an amazing range of folks. Like, you know, the new people who are entering young kids all the way up to, you know, folks who have been in the hobby 20, 30, 40 years, um, just some, just some fun stuff. And it's just cool to walk around and check out all the cards, you know, I was, went and caught up with Rick Probstein. And I was sitting at his table and he's got this case with, you know, I think he, he listed it last week, at least some of the PSA 10 Michael Jordans. He had, you know, like 10, 12 in this case. And some guy walks up to him and goes, I'll give you seven and a half million dollars for that case. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's, it's just cool stuff like that. And, you know, I'm a big memorabilia buff myself. So it was cool to check out some of like the Muhammad Ali stuff. And, and, you know, it's sad we didn't get to connect, but was able to connect with a lot of other folks uh, from a bunch of our big sellers all the way to, um, you know, a lot of folks we're just looking to partner with and, and work with at the business. Right on. That's, that's great to hear. Was the national, like inside the show, was it what you were expecting? Was it, was it much bigger? Was it smaller? Was it, uh, how, how prepared were you for what, what it really is? I don't think I was prepared for like the scale of it, how many people there were and how much excitement there was. Um, and, and then also just kind of like the range of folks. Uh, you can kind of see the hobby building and pe new people coming in from like, you know, 10 year old, 12 year old kids with their fathers to, you know, like a, a younger crew of people, um, you know, who I had kind of, I used to be in, you know, big into um, collecting sneakers. And that always had like a younger group of people in it. And, and it seemed like a lot of those people were kind of moving over to cards and getting it back into the hobby. And so I just, I didn't expect the scale energy. And then like, you could just see and feel the growth of the hobby as more and more people were entering it in with different generations there. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it surprised me. It was my 13th time, but it was still surprising just how, how, how much it's scaled up in terms of uh, vendor vendor floor space and also uh, just the the, the composition of the, of the of the patrons it was it, it was it was crazy it was, it was amazing all right I've, I've talked a ton about the national on this channel um we'll we'll come back to it though there's one thing I do want to touch on with you so we'll come back to that but tell us a little bit about before we get into whatnot let, tell us a little bit about yourself your history in the hobby when did you start collecting what is your kind of what are your earliest memories of uh, collecting sports cards and and other cards? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing I ever really collected, I, I wasn't sports cards, it was Pokemon cards for like seven years old. I think there, you know, there's a time when it's been in like fourth grade or maybe third or fourth grade, something like that. And all of my friends were getting into it and I got into it and, you know, you just build up the whole collection. I had that every single thing every week. I'd go to the local card shop and buy. And then, you know, kind of through that, um, started to get into sports cards. One of my neighbors, um, you know, I think they were a big junk wax collector. And so their whole garage was just like full of cards. And, you know, they liked me and they were really nice. They used to hand me bags of cards and I used to just like go and like sort through them, see if I could find the players I want. And, you know, I've kind of always over the years from Pokemon cards to sports cards over into sneakers, just always collected something that was fun and was entertaining. And, um, you know, that's, that's uh and you know back in the early days too it was it was also my hobby as well as you know when i was little i used to make a little bit of money off of it and so you know i've been selling on ebay i can remember back in the day i used to sell on ebay and yahoo auctions 
So I'd get the Pokemon cards, I'd sell the extras, go fuel, you know, my buying habit to get more cards. Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of my foray into collecting and, and also my foray into business. And we'll get into this, I'm sure, a little bit later in the show. Those things have all kind of come full circle with what we're building here and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and, you know, let's let's get into a little bit right now because you uh, you, you got back into the hobby in your 20s, in, in your late 20s with, as you said, with sneakers. Um, what, what else, what else were you collecting that <laughs> it's kind of obvious right to, to, to the left oh, yeah. there, but yeah, yeah. tell, tell um, us a little bit about that. And, uh, and then I want, I do want to get into your career, but tell us about that. Then we're going to say hello to the chat and then we'll, uh, then we'll get into your, your, a little bit about your career and your experience. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, probably around 25, so I'm, I'm 33 right now. So I just want let people know probably back around 25, I, I started to get back into sneakers, a lot of my friends were into it and, you know, they're wearing their Jordans and their Yeezys and I just thought they were cool. And so I started to, you know, buy some. And I think through that, um, some of my friends started to collect Funko Pops. So I'm really big into sports. There's a Funko Pop for everything. Uh, you know, I started to collect. So I'm a big Patriots fan. I grew up in, although born in Toronto, I grew up in Maine. So then I started to buy a couple of Patriots Funko Pops and, and then I just started to buy more and then you get into all sorts of things. I, I got to don't just have sports ones. There's some below that shelf. And, and so I kind of took sneakers and to Funko pops and then, um, you know, I've just, I've now that I'm working on whatnot, we're in like lots of different categories. And so I'm not going to lie. I've started to like <laughs> go into anything where my interests lie. I've got some comic books sitting around me right now. There's a Larry bird bear brick up there. And so, uh, you know, I just, to me, collecting is just a thing to have fun with. And so whenever I see something that, you know, sparks some nostalgia or something that I, a team or a character that I kind of relate to, I, uh, I, I buy it no matter what it is. <laughs> and uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got like 30 boxes over here. I just moved into a new place. I still haven't like unpacked. It's going to be a little, little bit of a project. So all this, all of your collecting, and I don't want you to, I just want like a short answer sort right now, but all of your collecting is the, is it kind of responsible for the 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 existence of whatnot today? Yeah, I think if I wasn't collecting, there's no way that whatnot would be here. I just right. it, it's so intertwined. So let's let's come back to that. We'll talk about your experience uh, in your career, and uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the creation of whatnot. But first, let's say hello. We got Troy in the house. Sports cars live. Best thing to do on a Saturday night. Let's talk some car. I appreciate that, Troy Lapper. Good evening to you. Studio Sports says uh, pairing the Blue Jays and Sports Cards Live is good. Appreciate that, Studio. Welcome. We got Michael Ham in the house. Good evening to Michael Ham. Rocco Rosado. Always great to see you, Rocco. Will says. Uh, Troy, it's up there, but I won't say it's the best. Well, Will, you're here, so it's the best thing for you. Welcome to the show. Absolute Mike, good evening to you. Dennis, uh, hopefully you can stay up for a while because I at least I, I got at least three and a half more hours of this to go. So um hope you can stick with us as long as you can. Kevin W, new to the show. Welcome. Great to have you, Kevin. Jeff McMahon, good evening. Brody is here. Good evening, Brody. The Shy Town Hustler, that's Dave Slipka, who will be joining me uh, later on on After Hours. So be sure to uh, stick around. And thanks for joining us early, Dave. Troy, cue the music. There you go. All right. We got uh, Frank Gostella's here. Jeremy, I like your special shirt. Tigers might win. Yeah, I'm, I'll shut out my shirt, guys. This is the women of the hobby. I, I got this from Sam Shuford, who's the host. And uh, be sure to check out her YouTube channel, Women of the Hobby. And uh, hey, maybe you can buy a shirt off her as I did. 
We got Mike Bennett says Mikey boy rips in the house from whatnot. There we go. We got some whatnot sellers here. <laughs> good evening to you, Mike. Global says good evening there, you beautiful human. Good evening to you, Global. Great to have you. We got B Roy. We got Matt Jones. You're here early. Hey, I'm proud of you too. Thanks so much. Brandon Metalberg, you are welcome for the content. Thank you for joining. Daniel Busby, appreciate that compliment. Daniel, really nice best sports card podcast. There is all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Great to have you. Troy, I appreciate that. We're working our way to 3,500. Will Sani says, uh, Jordan 9.5, is that real? Women of the Hobby, you are welcome uh, for sporting the shirt. Sam, thank you for joining. Thank you very much for joining. Hey, hey, Rich Frank. We got ACL Cardboard in the house. <laughs> Lots of comments. Frankie, what is happening? Frankie Gonzalez in the house. Great to see you. M. Perk says, good evening. It was great meeting at the Embassy Suites Bar. Jeremy, look forward. Hey, great to meet you too, M. Perk. Thank you for joining us tonight. Mikey Boy Rips from Whatnot in the House. Let's go. Love it. Todd McDonald, good evening. Ben Taylor says, anyone here get approved lately to host live? I think he might be talking about Whatnot. Is that what he's talking about? I think so. Uh, I know this. I imagine there'll be some questions here. We can we can go into how we approve folks and what we have planned uh later in the show or whenever you want Jeremy. Yeah, let's uh let's get into that a little bit later. We're we're all, we're going to just uh welcome a few more people. Oh boy, oh boy, the comments are hot tonight as they have been uh for quite some time now. But uh Mike Wick, great to have you. Great to have you, man. Um okay, we're just going to we're we're going to we're going to get into a uh, a few things here now. So, listen, Mike, sorry. Grant, I'm looking at the comment. Grant Tell us a little bit about your experience because, you know, Whatnot's obviously a technologically innovative company and platform and uh, software driven, of course. So what is your experience that uh, that brought you from, uh, you know, from where you were to uh, to the to Whatnot and what it is today? Sure. Um, you know, I've, I've been working in software for probably about 12-ish years now. <laughs> it's, it's like a long time. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's something that I've, you know, built some level of expertise on over time. If I have to say I'm good at one thing, it's probably working at and building software companies or, in, or software in some capacity. I, I started my career actually on YouTube, <laughs> not in the video, but literally at the company. Um, and so, you know, I, I spent about five years uh, on YouTube, worked on a you know, variety of, of marketing and product related roles. Um, after five years there, I decided to roll the dice a little bit and start my first company. This company called Kit. It was a kind of similar space to whatnot. It was in kind of social commerce, maybe a little bit too early for its time. Um, but worked on that for about two and a half years and then Patreon ended up acquiring it and that turned into uh, Patreon's merchandise business. Uh, stayed on there for you know a little bit of time as a, as a general, more of a general manager role, helping build that out. Uh, decided to make a little bit of a switch to do something new and interesting and, and took a job at Oculus, which is how I found my way to Los Angeles. And so I was working on virtual reality, helped them, you know, bring the, the Quest and the Rift S to market. And, you know, after doing that, um, you know, had the, the urge and the burn to try and, you know, roll the dice again and build something from the ground up. And, and that's uh, really when Whatnot was born. All right. So you've definitely, uh, you know, you put in your time. You've uh, you've got the experience, and uh, and what whatnot is born. So um, I want to understand now, kind of when did the light bulb go off? How did you uh, how did you go from 
selling your company to Patreon, working at working for Oculus, and uh, and then all of a sudden saying to myself, saying to yourself, all right, we're going to start a company. We're going to call it whatnot. I also want to know where the name came from, but very quickly, I do want to say hi to Fire Sports Cards. I want to say hi to Chad Shipper, who's in the house. I want to say hi to Jeffrey Hart. We got Pittsburgh in the house. Anthony, welcome to the show. Great to see you. We got Toa Hang, who's back again. Rich Frank, who's back again. PSA Slab Guy. A lot of the, all the regulars, a lot of new people. I love it. Toa says, Whatnot is blowing up. My friends live on that app. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mike Petty says he thinks they're a little light with the vintage. Uh, was thinking of liquidating a half a million dollar collection. So there's a little bit of feedback for, for you there, right? Grant Terry Fortune, good evening to you. Great to see you. We got one of one memorabilia from Australia. It's pretty cool when you're bringing in people from all across the globe. Good evening, Victor. Great. To, we got my guy Rodman in the house. What is up, Rodman? Jeremy Pringle, good evening to you. And Troy reminds everyone to hit that like button for the show. Appreciate. Yes, if we also everyone gets free donuts tomorrow morning if we reach uh, thirty. Thank you very much for that, Troy. Really appreciate. Ripping wax in the house. What is up? What is up? Mike Bennett in the house. Steve Foley in the house. Good afternoon and evening to all of you. Dr. is excited to hear your story, Grant. All right, let's pick up where we left off. So. You sell your company to Patreon. You put in time at Oculus. You got back into collecting Funkos. What's bridge the gap between those events and the the launch of whatnot? Yeah, so I'd say I, I'd say the go I'd go back to when I'm like 25 almost because I think that's where it does get started again. And so, you know, 25-year-old Grant is cares about kind of two things, <laughs> starting businesses and collecting, you know, you know, collecting sneakers. And then, you know, I started getting into reselling sneakers to fuel the hobby. Um, and, you know, I became a really big seller on places like StockX and Goat, which, you know, is, is a big part of some of the inspiration for whatnot. And I got Josh Luber on the show and so I'm a yeah, big fan of what he created over there. Um, and you know, I, you know, from 25 to some, when did I start whatnot, I was 31 or 32, I, I think 32 when I started whatnot. So seven years, I, you know, been heavily kind of buying and reselling online, whether on eBay or StockX and Goat. And, you know, we just didn't think there was like a really great platform for buyers and sellers of collectibles, uh, you know, eBay. And so, you know, through sneakers and I got into Funko Pops. I think there's really good platforms for sneakers. StockX and Goat are, are, are some of the best, to be honest. But as I started to go into Funko Pops, you kind of stuck buying and selling on eBay and maybe Mercari. And, um, you know, obviously eBay was an incredibly innovative company at its time, but it's been a while since they really pushed the boundaries on things. And so, I was personally frustrated with this experience as a seller and as a buyer. And um, my co-founders kind of has a similar story to me. We, we used to work together on all sorts of things and we were, you know, into Funkos, into sneakers, et cetera. And, you know, we, we kept having conversations with like, why, why are we stuck with this like archaic marketplace model? It's like eBay's of the world that haven't changed in 20 years. Like the last great innovation was adding PayPal and payments. Cause I, you know, I used to use eBay before you even, you know, would uh, be able to put a credit card in, but since then, you know, uh, there hadn't been too much. And, and so we, we, what we could see at the time too, was 
there was a lot of folks like us getting back into collecting, getting back into hobbies. And we felt like they were going to be like us and frustrated with the experience. And so we felt if we built something for ourselves, there would be this new group of people who are entering in, who are used to buying and selling in better places and frustrated with like the archaic old eBay or Mercari model. And that was, you know, then we said, okay, well, how do we go and reset things and try and build something really cool and interesting? And we, we kind of came to this conclusion that we thought eBay was really poor on two kind of vectors. One was, wasn't really fun or entertaining or social, and it wasn't really safe. It wasn't really well moderated and invest a lot there. And, and we said, okay, we're going to build a marketplace. We're going to focus on making a more fun experience and a more safe experience and kind of set off to the races. And that was, that was, um, you know, in like the fall of, uh, 2019. So would you say that safety and social are those kind of the pillars of, of whatnot? Are there any others or, or would those be the two pillars that you're really building the, the, the platform upon? Yeah, those, those are definitely the pillars. Um, you know, so I've been in, I've been in the software business for a really long time and I'm, I'm kind of like a business history buff of some sort. So, you know, I've read everything I can read on eBay's early days and all of the various businesses and, and how they grew. Um, what you find with a lot of really great software businesses is where they begin and end kind of changes quite a bit. Um, you, you, when eBay was first started, it was just like an experiment on this guy, Pierre Omidar's website. And it was a subdomain called, it was like pierreomedard.auctionweb.com. And that was eBay. And, and you know, the, the aha moment to him was, and I've actually verified this, there's two eBay got started stories. Uh, one of them's fake and one of them's real. I've verified the real one. The real one's the better story. The fake one's the worst story. But it was someone bought a broken laser pointer from him for like 13 or $16 and he emailed them and he goes, well, why do you buy a broken laser pointer? He goes, I'm a collector of broken laser pointers. And then from that subdomain on his website where he randomly listed a broken laser pointer, you know, eBay, this, this, this technology company that changed the whole world happened. And there's a lot of, you know, stories like that. Like YouTube was a video dating site. Um, and Twitch, which is another big live streaming platform. It literally was this guy, Justin Kahn, having his friends film him all the time. And so, you know, we, we were kind of, we were like, I think there's an opportunity to, to build something better than eBay. We're going to focus on safety and social, and we're going to just really get really close to our, our buyers and our sellers. And we're just going to build something great and build it really fast. And that was, that was it. That was the, all of that was there for whatnot in the early days. So build something great and build it really fast. So that implies that like, you, you explored, you, you made sure there was nothing else in the space and the fast, the fast was to really be first uh, to market on it. Was that kind of the was like how how urgent was it for you? How how kind of nervous were you or concerned that there could be somebody kind of nipping at your heels here to uh, to get into the space before you? Um, in the early days, the the speed was not about that. It was really just about the faster you move, the more quickly you can build something like you can build something great for people. And, um, you know, when, when we, when we started whatnot, we didn't have like a lot of money. <laughs> we, you know, I wasn't paying myself anything. And so there's also this like time element and just like, you know, savings trickling down and paying for various things. And, um, so I'd say the speed thing was less about 
whether we we worried about anyone coming in the market or competing against us and, and truly was just we wanted to get to a great experience as fast as possible and and the best way to do that is to sprint towards it and that's just one of like the really well established principles now in in software is there's there's a counterintuitive kind of quality to it which is if you if you try to create perfection a lot of times you're you're so slow that you don't change things fast enough that you don't get there and actually like if you just do it and do it fast and like be really really focused on the feedback you get from uh, the people uh, who are using your product you just make it much better and so that was that was how we did it all right so Appreciate that. I want to get in for people who are listening, watching right now, who may not really know what what not is and does, because we haven't even really talked about that. I do want you to take us through to understand exactly what people are using it for. Before we do though, I want to I want to read out some comments that are coming in. Uh, Mike Bonnet says, "Whatnot is taking over the game. More vintage is coming." Uh, Mike Petty says he loves the idea. Take down the big guy. Will wants says has to check it out. Glad to see competition in the space. And Rodman says that he tried downloading it on his iPhone and couldn't because my app store is from Honduras, which is where Rodman hails out of. When will the app be open for international buyers? Is that something you can address for us right now? Um, so I'll have to look at Honduras. It may just like international buying. We do actually allow today. It may just be that that's one of the the countries that's not checked on the list. Um, so buying, we do allow internationally. Anywhere where we can ship to, we'll allow you to. Uh, selling right now is restricted just to the United States, but you know, sometime in the next four to six months looking to go international. Okay, encouraging for everybody for sure, for sure. Rip and Wax says it's the, it's the best platform, the best. He goes on to say though, check me out. I'm one of the biggest sports breakers <laughs> on the app. Uh, right on. Toa lets everybody know that Sasha T and Mojo both sell on whatnot. They do auctions. A couple of very well-known uh, media personalities in the in the space. Uh, we have Say Kid One, whatnot to the moon. There we go. There we go. Drew Herndon. Good evening, Drew. Great to see you. Mike Petty wants to know how long has whatnot been open for business. Should I get into like the whatnot from when we started to where it is maybe um, and like get some of the details there and just, just jump in if you have specific questions. Please so do. I think great idea. Go for it. Cool. Um, so whatnot was um, officially started in uh, December of 2019. So that was when I uh, quit my job at, at Oculus and my co-founder the same. And we said, all right, we're, we're going to roll the dice and, and see what we can build here. Um, you know, the first version of, of whatnot looked a little bit different than it does today. It was really that like marketplace piece. And we focused a lot on kind of the safety side. Um, then, you know, rolling into 2020, we, um, were very fortunate. We were able to go through, um, what they call, um, a startup accelerator, um, a very notable one called Y Combinator. And so for those of you who don't know what Y Combinator does is they give you a little bit of money $120,000 to like get your business off the ground. And they give you, um, they pair you with a lot of really great former entrepreneurs and people who have built amazing companies. And so as a result of that, um, some of the world's most best known companies have come through Y Combinator. So Twitch came through Y Combinator, Airbnb came through Y Combinator, Dropbox, uh, DoorDash, et cetera. And so, you know, we went through Y Combinator in, in January of 2020, just before COVID. And we were just, you know, we were spending seven days a week, 
you know, it's, it's hard to start a business. You just put every, you put everything into it. Um, and so definitely if you're starting a business, like just be prepared, Give, it's going to consume you. So, you know, we were doing 16 hour days, seven days a week and, and building the business and we were slowly getting off the ground. And at that point in time, we were just Funko Pops. Um, so it's really hard. We, the type of business we're building where you, it's a marketplace where you have to buyers and sellers at the same time, got to be really focused because it's hard to get it going. So we started with Funko Pops, which is what we knew the best and, you know, slowly built it up. Um, COVID hit, which was, you know, it was a scary time to start a business. We were hoping to raise some venture capital money at that point in time. And we we're actually like unable to, uh, well, we raised like a little bit from some, from, from some former friends and coworkers who had done very well for themselves. Um, but, you know, I talked to probably 120 investors and got 120 no's uh, for whatnot at that point in time with COVID and, uh, with money being tight, we actually moved um, from Los Angeles, where me and my co-founder were living, to Phoenix. Um, his family was from there, and it just enabled us to save a little bit more money. Um, but we we always just felt we had this probably unrealistic belief in ourselves <laughs> that we could we could figure it out, and we really loved what we were building, and just felt like there was something there. So we just kept trudging and trudging along. And right around this point in time was when we started to develop our live video shopping product. And so what not until this point in time, you could almost think of a stock X ish like marketplace. And then we started to really go on the social side. And that's when we started to build um, our live video streaming product. So if you were to, if I were to describe what not today, which I actually haven't done yet, which is bad. Um, you know, how I, how I describe what not is it's a, live streaming platform and marketplace where anyone can um, turn themselves into their own Sotheby's like live auctioneer or QVC style host. And so, you know, folks who are in the hobby, you'll come to whatnot, you'll see, you know, people breaking all sorts of um, cards uh, as well as holding their own like live auctions for graded cards or singles and, you know, lots of things in between. And, and so, you know, post COVID was when we really um, <clears throat> started to get into the live piece and, and my co-founder, he's, he's amazing. His name's Logan. He never built any of this stuff, but I go, we're like, we're like, we think we can build something really good here. Logan, you know, can you figure out how to do it? He's like, I don't know. And he locked himself in a room for six weeks and he came out and, and it was, you know, we, we had built it and, you know, July, uh, 2020, was when I did the first live stream on whatnot. We were still only selling Funko Pops at that point in time. So I took my whole Funko Pop collection, whatever I, basically everything that I had and uh, put it up on, on our first live sale. And, you know, in about two and a half hours, I sold a little over $5,000 worth of Funko Pops. So, you know, like 120 Funko Pops. And we, you know, we just look at each other at the end of that and we're like, okay, we're definitely onto something. This is pretty incredible. I sold out everything that I had in two and a half hours and the experience was so fun and people loved it. And and that's when we kind of started to really double down on the social and live aspect of, of whatnot. And, um, you know, at that point in time, we were four and a half people on the team. Uh, so it was me, Logan. Um, we had two engineers uh, helping us out. And then um, John, who was one of our first guys, he was our designer talk about this about naming whatnot uh, we could go to that and there's a john story there hang on one hang on one sec i just have to acknowledge a couple of uh chat participants grant so hold that thought though uh, i want to uh, studio sports with it with a tip for the host support jared some coffee money to the channel much appreciated studio sports and uh 
And Mike Petty with with a very generous uh, tip. Thanks for the great entertainment and compelling guests. Uh, my more than my pleasure, Mike. And thank you very much. Also recognized by Studio and Troy. Uh, really appreciate that, guys. One Ben Taylor with a super sticker. Holy moly, you guys! That this is a uh, I don't want to say very uh, very flattering. Thank you so much uh, for all all of that. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Grant. Please pick up um, where you were. Yeah. No. No problem at all. Um, uh, it's awesome. All the people supporting the show. I appreciate uh, that. So, you know, it was July 2020 was our first live sale and it just took off and we just, the product was so fun. Like we loved it. It was so entertaining. Sellers, it was, you know, I, I was the first seller, but I, you know, made like a ridiculous amount of sales and money. The, the kind of moment for me was in, you know, a two and a half hour show, I sold more than I did in like the past year on eBay with Funko Pops. <laughs> and so I was like, that's pretty special. Uh, and it felt like that was, I would say that was the moment where we knew we had something with what I think bef before that, it was all kind of blind faith and, and belief that we would probably like unrealistic belief that um, we would figure something out. And that moment, I think it was July 23rd when I did the first live sale, it was, this is something, this is, this can be something special. And, you know, we um, kind of moving along, we ended up, that was in August, we raised, you know, a few million dollars of venture capital funding so we could hire more engineers and build the software better and, and scale it up and make sure we could handle the load. And then we slowly started to launch into more categories, mainly just driven by what people were asking for. So, you know, we're selling Funko Pops, then people start to go, man, I'd really love to be able to, you know, do card, Pokemon card breaks on whatnot. So, okay, well, we'll add Pokemon card breaks. And I was like, oh, this is, this, it was, that was also, it was a cool moment for me because it was literally like coming full circle from when I was, you know, seven or eight years old to today. You know, this is like my first business ever. And now it's, I'm doing the same thing at 33. And, um, you know, that was, that was really fun. And, you know, we then the, the third category that was added was sports cards. And so um, I think we we started experimenting with it in December of 2020, but really um, got it rolling in, in January. And we brought on, um, you know, someone, uh, me and my co-founder had known for a while and was into the hobby and all of these things. His name was, was Eric. Um, and he really helped us get that off the ground. Uh, you know, fast fast forward, there's a lot of stuff in between. We can go into that if curious. Um, you know, we're um, <clears throat> we're now a team of about sixty-five full-time folks. Wow! Um, from July of uh, twenty twenty to July of twenty twenty-one, uh, sales in the business grew about two hundred and fifty x. And so um, we, <laughs> you know, we um, we're just so excited about um, the the platform that we can build for collectors and and the opportunity to really help people build amazing, amazing businesses. I, I saw him in the chat. So I got a call. I'm pretty sure it's Chris from Rip and Wax. You know, he's one of the guys that, you know, we work with a lot. And um, I know he just opened up his own office space. And, you know, it's it's amazing to see the businesses guys like that are, are building on whatnot. And it's obviously a testament to his skill and his knowledge. Um, but, but, you know, that's just such an awesome and exciting thing. That's amazing. That's such a great story. It's so ins inspirational, and uh, it's just it's it's. I'm so glad to uh, to have 
uh, whatnot as part of the sports card hobby. Uh, it's it's just great. So um, I want to say hi to Eric. I, I, I will say hi to Eric Sanderson to Orr. We'll say hi to a few more people in a second. Um, I do want to. Uh, I want to. I want to kind of get into the the various like when somebody actually goes on to whatnot. So what what do they see? What what what's the what is the what's the user interface like what's the, what's the, gra- the 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 what do we call it? the gui the the you the U- user experience that kind of thing let's let's talk yeah. about a bit that a bit about that and i also want to talk about how you admit sellers onto the platform so um actually we'll start with that one uh because drew herndon who is a co-host of mine on hobby hotline and from let me get that potograph podcast mentions that his first whatnot live stream is going to be next monday so someone like drew comes along wants to start selling on the platform Let's uh, why don't you explain that process and then tell us a bit about what it, what the whole thing looks like. Sure. So the process for uh, selling on whatnot is, you know, you'll, you'll enter the app and then we have like a little application process you can fill out and we'll ask you for some information about you. So, uh, you know, what's your name to, you know, are you selling on whatnot? Are you selling anywhere else? Do you have any reviews somewhere and, and, and things like, do you have access to products, et cetera. And what we're trying to get at um, with that process is, is to find people who will put on a great experience for collectors. And so, you know, that's one, are they reputable? And, and can we verify they're reputable? Because, you know, there's a, it's the internet, there's a, a lot of unsavory characters and trolls out there and we wanna, you know, keep people on the platform safe, but also, you know, do they have access to kind of some of the supply or, uh, or are they maybe a personality who, you know, the audience would find particularly entertaining. And, you know, right now we're, is it, uh, we're probably, we're, we're, we're kind of slowly opening up the aperture, I would say on how many people we're letting in. And, you know, our aim is to, we'd really love for just about anyone to be able to use the tool because it's it's an amazing tool and we don't want to stop anyone who can create a great business on whatnot from doing so um but we're we're kind of at a place now where we're we're looking for people who we can verify the reputation and they've had significant sales or they are a known person in the hobby that is is um you know of solid reputation that can be trusted uh when someone buys from them okay so um, I've just been hired on behalf of Ben Taylor uh, to help him get approved on whatnot with a very generous uh, uh, donation to the Sports Cards Live channel. So thank you, Ben. Uh, so he he says, the most excited person on earth to get approved on whatnot live, exclusive breaks, Grant, please approve me. My application was sent into the expedited list, but was told no guarantees. Ben, that's about all I can do for you. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the, the the donation. That that's unbelievable. Uh, wow, and wow, the, you guys are blowing me away tonight. Holy moly! Um, so there you go, Grant. If you could maybe uh, help help Ben's yeah. application get to, through that expedited list, what do you say? Yeah, I'm gonna ping it to the team. So what I what I can I'm doing it right now, literally in the background. So right, what I can you, you take a second do that for Ben who. Yeah, because then I want to I want to acknowledge uh, Logan Head with another. I, I don't are these things real? Like I, I'm kind of I'm blown away. This has never happened before. So um, thank you, Logan, for for the super sticker. I, I think that that means it's a fifty dollar uh, donation to the channel. So 
or contribution, whatever we want to call it. But thank you very, very much. Um, that's just that's just that's just amazing. So, but yeah, th thank you, Grant, for helping Ben uh, get through, and hopefully Ben has the reputation that is that, that that is needed because I think one of the things that 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 you guys are doing in terms of vetting sellers is one of the you know you talk about safety being a pillar of whatnot, and that's something that is uh, it's crucial to the success of of whatnot itself. Never mind. Ben Taylor's business and other people's businesses, right? You you need to make sure that people that are that are selling products are going to ship those products. Have you guys had issues with that? Um, like how how often do you have occurrences where you have to maybe kick a seller off the platform, or you have you know customer service is inundated with calls about a stream from the night before or or a couple of weeks ago, and the, the the seller never sold their 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 product. Never sent um, <clears throat> it does happen from time to time, to be honest. Um, I think in, you know, we've had, we have thousands of sellers on whatnot, whether in the marketplace or in, in live, um, in live, we're a little bit, we, we vet a little bit stronger than we do in the marketplace. Cause in the marketplace, we actually have someone on the team who reviews every sale, um, in the platform's history. Uh, we've probably had to kick off less than 10 sellers out of thousands, but it does happen. Um, and so, you know, not only, you know, in, in those instances, what we always do is we err on the side of the customer and making sure that we take care of them very well. Uh, we, have, we probably have a 14, 15 person full-time customer support team now. Uh, to make sure we really take care of folks and we'll issue refunds and give credits when anything goes wrong. It does happen, unfortunately. Sometimes, um, you know, one of, one of the early issues back in the day used to be people would sell so much more stuff than they ever thought they could. And so, you know, if you sell 150 items, packing 150 items takes a long time. So, um, you know, people have had to adjust to that a little bit where we do have an official policy that... Um, Two day, two business days after your after you've sold something, you should ship it. Otherwise, you get a strike, and if you get three strikes, you're four strikes, you're out completely, basically. Um, so you know, sometimes people are a little bit uh, they were in the early days before they knew what they were getting themselves into a little bit delayed with some of that 150 items to ship. Is they you know, you got to take a full day. Um, but overall, um, you know, very few issues, and I know that the customer base is is generally uh, quite happy. And the other thing I should note is not only do we like, <laughs> we verify every seller, or every item sold, we, we kind of go even beyond that. Um, so, so let's just say you're alive. I'll just talk you through some of the process. Say you're a live seller. Uh, I won't go in the marketplace right now. So first someone on our team will review you, look for sales history, uh, look for any reputation signals. Uh, then once you're verified, uh, You'll then have to put your ID in the system, make sure you're a real legitimate person. Like you literally do ID verification. And then after your first three or four streams, uh, there's someone on our operations team who's literally watching your streams to make sure they they go all right. You're, you're not misleading folks. You're not doing anything wild or crazy. Um, and then we have reviews. So we also look, you know, how are you getting reviewed by customers? If you fall below four stars, we are going to, you know, get off the, we'll probably have to kick you off the platform. Depend, you know, we'll, we'll investigate. 
uh, you know, sometimes there are always, there can be edge cases where someone's trolling you or things like that, but we'll take a hard look and make sure um, we just keep things safe. And safety's from the first day has always been incredibly important to us. And we'll continue to invest really deeply there to make sure our buyers have a great experience. And it is one of the biggest sort of pain points for for the uh, for the, the eBay's of the world, or or eBay itself as uh, as being kind of the dominant uh, marketplace to date. Um, I think I need to have you on like every week or two because the uh, the contributions that the chat is making are, <laughs> are completely mind blowing. So I could probably just sit here with you on the show and uh, feed my family. Uh, but uh, okay, I do want to. We're going to go to some more comments, and we're going to talk about the the user interface itself. Uh, Toa wants to become friends with you, which is awesome. Troy Troy recognizes that you have two more pops behind you that you could still sell. Hello to my buddy Darcy, the host with the most, the real card whisperer. Appreciate that, Darcy. Mark Lee, and that says another innovative idea. Joe Perot, good evening. Says learning a lot from Grant, and good evening all. MMA wants to know, does your site sell Funko Minis? I mean, I'm thinking it sells whatever your sellers want to sell at this point that are that is within a certain category. Is that like you're not you're not on there selling, you know, I, I don't know, office supplies. But is it like I'm going to get off topic here, but what is the process of adding a new vertical or a new category? Yeah, so right now we, we I would say when you look at the site, we have two core kind of seller experiences on their buyer experiences there's the live shows and then there's the marketplace um right now in a live show you can sell just about anything now we have some guidelines you know no guns and crazy things like that um but if you're a live seller you can list just about anything and the marketplace is a little bit more restricted right now um because you know we do have teams reviewing that and making sure the items are good and we'll eventually open up the marketplace a little bit more as well um in terms of Cat, like, so, you know, say you are a Funko Pop seller and you want to sell Funko Minis today, you can totally go and do that. And similarly, if you're a sports card seller and you want to sell potato chips, it's, it's a true story, you can sell potato chips. I've seen someone do it. Um, now, we don't have, the app isn't really built for that though, right? Like we don't have a category called potato chips where you can go and look for all the potato chip streams. And, you know, you, 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 you may not find like a big audience of uh, folks who are willing to buy that type of stuff. And so when we, when we launch a category, what we do is we build it in the app such that, you know, you can find it and search for it. Um, so you get like when you, maybe this is helpful. Actually, I'll talk about the user experience on whatnot because it'll kind of round it. So um, say you're a new potential customer or whatnot, you'll download the app, you'll create an account. And as a, as a, a part of that, what you'll do is you'll see about 20 different um, categories that you can follow if you're interested in. So it's all of the, yeah, those categories. So you can scroll through the categories this way and see the different yeah. things. So, okay. So we got, we got, we got sports cards, video games, Funko pops, Pokemon, sports memorabilia, Designer toys, Funko soda, fig pin, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, magic cards, Legos, comic books, Dragon Ball cards, Marvel cards, vintage clothing, sneakers, streetwear, coins and money, action figures, vinyl records, diecast cars, vintage video games, other MetaZoo and mechanical keyboards. So yeah, you'll see you know you'll see about twenty of those categories, and you can follow them and. Then depending on what you follow, um, when you get, you'll, you'll drop into a home feed 
and your home feed will be populated with the listings or live streams in the categories that you're interested in. And then you will get notifications when say, say you're into sports cards, you follow sports cards and then we get somebody like Rip and Wax, he's going live uh, and you'll get a notification for, you know, Rip and Wax and he's, he's got you know, new product out and he's going live. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, as we think about launching new categories, um, you know, it all starts with the customer first. So it's like, what do people actually want and what are people asking for? And so we use that, we, we talk, you know, we talk to our, you know, the collectors and, and people using our app quite frequently. So we have a good pulse on what people want. We will then add in those categories. And so that creates a separate category page that you can follow and then get updates on. Uh, and then once we do that, we'll get some people on the team to go and make sure that we market that category and bring in sellers in that category. Cause if you don't have um, buyers, you're not going to have anyone who wants to sell there. <laughs> and if you don't have any sellers, no one's going to want to buy there. And so that's, that's, you know, the process is listen to our customers, um, add the category into the app, let's say at the top there, and then put some people on making sure we can uh, get some buyers and get some great sellers on. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. So, okay. I, I put up a couple comments. I want to just throw up a few more here. Um, Mark Lee had asked about uh, vintage memorabilia and then Mike Petty had said, you know, that, yeah, he bought him 52 top snooky mantle. Uh, oh, in 1974, I misread that. Okay. Rip and Wax said it's providing education of the hobby. Great seamless shipping and payment. That's, that's really good to hear. One for the task. Good evening says, thanks for bringing Grant on. Glad to hear more about this service. Yeah. It's nice to learn more about what's going on in the hobby for sure. Rip and Wax says allowing the user not to have to put all that info in over and over again is huge that's uh that's definitely a benefit uh for for the seller from an administrative standpoint joe wants to know yeah uh anyone can get on it seems joe but you need to have a reputation and you there is a vetting process that you need to go through so definitely rip and wax again a, a veteran on whatnot says the app also has the potential to be what i like to call the modern day qvc we buy on social platforms now every day definitely rage in the house good evening rage Will says, do you guys automatically send out 1099s? Uh, so th there's two processes for how you get paid. So one is through PayPal. And so if you get paid all through PayPal, then PayPal sends out those 1099s. And then we have ACH. And then if you're doing ACH, then we will send out 1099s to you at the end of the year. Uh, ACH is a pretty new one. So we only added it a few months ago. So this will be the first year we'll send out 1099s. Um, I I don't recall off the top of my head what the legal threshold is for when we have to send them. Um, you know, some, probably like over $20,000 in sales roughly, then we're legally required to do that. And the reason why uh, you won't do it if PayPal does is because PayPal is already doing it. So it would be redundant, correct? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe says that, wow, this is a new level of support for the channel. Must be the startup crowd or just good people. I think I think it's good people, Joe, because uh, you know it's coming from uh, from the audience and from people who from uh, people who want to get vetted to to sell on on whatnot, and hopefully we were able to to move him along. So that's awesome. I want to say hi to Tom who piped in earlier, who kind of mentioned that uh, was going to lurk, but saw some hobby family and and wanted to say hi. He says Grant bringing the big spender and supporters. Got to look into whatnot more seriously. Apparently, yeah. For sure. Mark Lee wants to know, is being a dealer for almost 50 years, will that bring any weight in terms of... Uh, so for someone like Mark, who I actually know who he is, 
and have seen him at card shows set up for, for 20 years now. Um, would you vet through just through other people? Like, do you need to have an eBay account or will you vet through references? Um, <clears throat> so we do vet through references. It tends to be a little bit more roundabout process because um, it's hard to someone on the team to know exactly who to reach out to. I will say, um, you know, we've, we've got some pretty deep relationships now in the hobby. And if we get a, a reference from someone who's really reputable and, and, you know, we're able to verify that we do um, let those people in. So, you know, Mark, uh, if, if Jeremy uh, can, you know, say that you're one of his guys, then you know, we'll, we can definitely get you off the list despite not having an eBay account. There we go. So I've got some pull with whatnot. Very nice. Very nice. Cool. Um, okay. Absolute says I was Jeremy's first donation the night he had to replace the broken window. He tried to barbecue his window. True story. Uh, that is a true story. That window was that. Wow. Funny. That was over a year ago. Uh, quick, quick story for anyone who's new and for you, Grant, uh, what, what absolute is talking about was uh, we were barbecuing and the barbecue is too close to a window in my house. The, the window shattered. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had no window for, uh, for a, a, a few days, actually about a week then we had to order it. But in any event, uh, Mike from Absolute Authentics did uh, kick me a few bucks to help pay for that window. So funny to bring that up, Mike. Thanks for the for the memories. Uh, I want to bring up Ben Taylor's comment. Great support rep by the name of Alex. Loved what he saw for my inventory and proof of rep. Grant, thank you so much. You have no idea how much of a team player you have here. Well, there's some kudos for Alex at the company. Very very nice comment, Ben Taylor. Really like that. Joe wants to know, uh, sorry if I missed, where is the business located? So you guys have offices in LA, is that right? Yeah, so we have um, an office in LA and an office in Phoenix right now. And then um, we are actually, you know, the, the workplace is shifting. Um, and so, you know, we're actually running a fully remote company. So we'll, we'll basically hire you anywhere as long as you're within like the time zone uh, that we're working in. So we have folks in Brazil, we have people in Louisiana, Texas, all over the place. But the, the biggest um, spots for folks are in LA and Phoenix. Cool, cool. All right. Troy says, I hope Jeremy's YouTube channel doesn't crash with all these donations. And Tom says, but money can't and shouldn't always buy your way to the front of the line. No, and it doesn't, but it will buy Jeremy asking Grant. It, you know, it's all about, sometimes things are just about who you know. Sometimes they are. But he recognized it's a good tactic here because just donating for sure, for sure. Logan Ward, good evening. Welcome to the show. Uh, Logan was out riding his bike, but as he mentioned earlier today, after the national and the, 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 the wear that that can be on your body, he wasn't able to ride his bike for a few days. Michael Ham wants some chips now. All this talk about potato chips, I definitely get that. Mike Petty never sold a sports car in my life, only collected them. Fair. I mean, that, that, that's the same. That's a lot of people. Definitely. Brody the Kid says a whatnot gave me a national treasures box for free. So I love you for life. Grant, there was the golden ticket. I remember I had dinner with uh, with Brody that night at uh, at National and uh, he was very excited about that. So that, that was really cool. Really cool. Speaking of the National and giveaways, uh, you guys you guys uh, had an amazing promotion there, uh, a giveaway of its own. Um, why don't you tell us, I, I'll let you tell what it was that was given away. It's kind of mind blowing. And, and how did that go down and what kind of, uh, what kind of response did you get from that at the national? Yeah. Um, 
you know, we, uh, this was our first national as a company. And so we wanted to, you know, make sure we put on a good show and, and gave, gave to the community. And, and, um, so because of that, we, we were kind of, you know, the team was like racking their brain on like, what's, what are people going to love and, and, you know, what gets a little bit of an excitement going. Uh, and so what we ended up doing was we, um, so one, <laughs> one of the guys on our team, his first, his first car and first job was he was an ice cream man running an ice cream shop. And so, you know, we're like, okay, what are what ideas? You know, you're at any card show. It's really hard to get like a snack or get some food. So we're like, okay, we're going to give out ice cream. We're going to get an ice cream truck. Okay. But we can't just give out ice cream and an ice cream truck. So we got to like add some stuff on top of that. And so we're like, okay, what's like the craziest thing we can give away? Well, the craziest thing we can give away is probably a Michael Jordan PSA 10. We're like, okay, we can't give away a $500,000 company. <laughs> that's too much. That's too crazy. So they're like, okay, how about a, do we do an eight? It's like, oh, okay, that's not enough. All right, we're going to give away a Michael Jordan PSA nine. And then, um, so that's what we did. We gave, we, that was the top prize um, at the national that we gave away was a PSA nine. And then um, we also gave out some national treasures boxes for runners up. And so what we were doing all around national is we had some guys on the team driving around an ice cream truck, handing out ice cream. And then certain ice creams, I think we had five golden tickets. So four or five golden tickets. I, sh I should know this, but I don't. And um, any, anyone who got a golden ticket got at least a national treasures box. And then the top prize was a PSA 10 uh, Michael Jordan rookie card. Or sorry, PSA 9. Sorry, I, I wish it was a 10. But uh, we're, not, uh, we're not made of that kind of money. <laughs> that's amazing that you guys, I mean, that's still a, you know, 30, $40,000 card, something like that. That's amazing. And as Brody told the story, as I was having dinner with him that night at, uh, at, uh, what was it called where we were Brody? Um, can't think of the name. It's, uh, oh, it'll come to me. Anyway, as Brody told the story, he, it was down to him and one other guy for the, for the Jordan PSA nine. And, uh, he did not win the Jordan PSA nine, but he did get the box of national treasures. So, we were we were consoling him while we were extremely happy for him too because that's a it's 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 a we were we actually went through the discussion the, the 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 thought process of would you have rather just like got the fifth place prize and not had to have the stress and the chance at a 50 50 chance at the jordan or are you happy that you have the the national treasures of course you know he's happy as national treasures but it's like some of us were like i would have just rather been out in fifth and not had to know that i had a one in two chance and i didn't win the jordan I'd be right there with him. I think that's a little bit soul crushing. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, loser. I, I, I just get, I just got it now. Loser says, doesn't whatnot only allow big time breakers to do their breaks and not the common customer. Can you address that for everybody, please? Yeah. Um, we look, we definitely have a lot of bigger, well-known names. Um, it tends to just be more of a function of the bigger, well-known names are easier to verify the reputation. Um, but actually some of our biggest breakers were just built on whatnot. So um, there's a breaker called Bedtime Breaks. He had actually never done card breaking before. And so one of, one of the guys on our team, was a, his name is Matt Akiyama. You know, he was like our first card breaker and he's part of the team. He knew this guy because he'd been in the hobby for a really long time and he had some great supply and actually we just worked he just worked with him side by side to train him up and build him up on the platform and you know he's now he'll do millions of dollars worth of sales this year and, and that's entirely through whatnot and he actually wasn't a well-known or really anything and um 
you know, any like notable breaker beforehand. And there's, there's quite a few stories like that across the platform. I think our aim is to allow as many people as we can, um, both, you know, whether you have our, you have a big following or big sales, or you're just someone who wants to come up and build a business. Our aim is truly to allow anyone to do that. We end up indexing a little bit more towards the bigger names, just because the reputation thing. Yeah, no, makes makes sense to me, uh, loser. I hope that addresses your comment. Rip and Wax says this app is the future, and Mike Petty says, would you expect this platform to be an alternative to a good auction house with integrity, like Love of the Game? That's that's an interesting question because you know we have all these traditional auction houses in the space that were all at the national, and they you know they they produce catalogs like like this one or you know that that are pretty awesome just as as a items themselves do you see whatnot ever competing with the the heritages the love of the games the the memory lanes the, all, all these bigger auction houses the goldens you know, I'd, I'd, the... I'd say when we think about whatnot we're really here to empower businesses so not necessarily compete with them but literally help and build them on the platform so, you know, I could see a day where some of those auction houses use our platform as opposed to us trying to be, hey, we're heritage and we're going to have hundreds of experts who know every category of memorabilia from movies to sports. Uh, so I think that, you know, to me, the future would be us partnering with someone like heritage or partnering with someone like um, a golden and, and making some of that stuff happen on the platform. Yeah, that might it might be a nice if you could partner, it might be a way to get kind of those internet bids coming through your your platform to your customers, right? Or a, even a way to introduce your your cut or the the platform's buyers to those uh, to those businesses, perhaps. Okay, uh, Michael Ham, I uh, believe the answer is yes. They do review eBay accounts to look for look at feedback in that as part of the the vetting process, which makes sense. And Troy. Tells everybody to hit the like button for Jeremy. I appreciate that, Troy. It's always nice when someone shouts that out because I always uh, forget to until the end. So thank you very much, Troy. Much appreciated. Mike Wick just downloaded the app. Thought I was thought I was on an all sorry. I thought I was on all the marketplaces, but definitely look forward to this app. There you go. Thank you, Mike, for downloading the app on behalf of Whatnot. Mike Bonnet says Whatnot makes the whole process. Smooth and easy for both customer and seller, Mike Boy Rips. So Mike Boy Rips looking to have some people come by his streams on whatnot, which I can't blame you, Mike. Why not, right? Especially if you're here. And I appreciate you being here. Uh, Troublemaker Cards wants to know, what is the app's name? It is called Whatnot. It's in the ticker right now, Troublemaker. Uh, and you can see where you can download it and follow them on their socials as well. Mark Lee, I like the idea of Facebook Live format integrated with a live auction about time. So there you go. Yeah, it's nice to nice to bring uh, your business, Grant, uh, and, and your team's business to to a lot of my audience who might not have been aware of it before. That's pretty awesome. Toa says, interested to hear about Grant's background. Did he always have this entrepreneurial mindset? What's his educational background? So Toa, we did cover that earlier. Please, uh, you know, rewind, watch from the beginning a little bit later and do that at 1.5 so you don't spend too much time. But Please do that, and you will see uh, all. We'll hear all about that because we did cover it. Appreciate that. Fire Sports, love whatnot. Looking forward to selling on your platform as soon as I get approved. Good luck to you with that. I hope you get through for sure. And good evening, Steve, sir. Great to have you. Yeah, yeah, right. Say, kid, forty grand in giveaways at the national. That's uh, 
that that definitely is something troublemaker not only sports cards there are 20 different categories we went through them a few minutes ago and it was harry carries where we had dinner because logan was also there with us okay <laughs> lapper says so i should buy all the ice cream next year out of the truck out of the truck so all this talk about these platforms let's talk a little bit about competition i mean obviously you're trying to uh, you're, you're trying to provide a better experience than, than eBay and Mercari and some others. Who uh, does whatnot consider to be their competition in this space? And, um, and how do you guys rank yourselves? Sure. Um, you know, I think this space is still in the early days. Uh, I'd say like the live and social commerce space in, in the United States. Um, probably our biggest competition. Uh, yeah, I know you had him on, had the, the co-founder on the, the channel a little while ago was uh, is Loop. So Loop's you know another uh, sports card uh, selling app where you can buy from breaks or you know buy buy cards while watching video. Um, for us, you know, I, I think um, it's two two really key things that we do. Um, number one is. You know, we've invested really deeply in our software to make sure it's exceptional. And so we have, you know, better discovery, um, the ability to do auctions as well as breaks. And then if you're a seller, we've added lots of extra tooling to things such that, you know, when you're, when you're live selling, you don't have to deal with shipment or payment costs. And you have a dashboard all the way at the end that will bundle all of the stuff automatically so it's super easy and fast to ship. So I think, you know, that's one thing where we pride ourselves on is kind of the software. And then, then of course, um, we're, we're, we're the biggest uh, player in this space by probably at least a, a margin of 15 X. So we just, there's just more buyers on the platform uh, than any of our competitors. And then, you know, as a result of that too, if you're a buyer, we also have just way more sellers and supply. So you know, if you come onto whatnot, you'll be able to find more of the stuff that you're into. And as Toa says, the biggest competitor might be Facebook, tons of uh, Facebook lives and groups doing auctions and breaks. So do you guys have like a sales team out there looking to recruit some of these people and taking a lot of the repetitive administrative burden off their plates by, uh, by, by bringing them onto the, the whatnot platform? Yeah, we, you know, we have um, a lot of folks on our team who are partnering with some of the bigger, some, some of the sellers and onboarding them and working with them. And, you know, I would say we, we really bring two things to the table. One is just more buyers. If you're a seller, um, it's hard to, it's really hard to get discovered on Facebook. Uh, it's not super easy. The payment process isn't super seamless and there's not a whole high level of trust. So some, you know, like if you're someone looking around on Instagram or Facebook, how do you know if this person's worth it? There's a lot more friction, et cetera. So as a result of that, we can just get more buyers over to our, our sellers uh, streams and, and get them to buy products. And then, of course, the second thing is just the administrative burden. We'll handle all the payments. We'll handle all the shipping and processing. We'll handle the customer support. We'll handle the chargebacks. Uh, and so all of those like messy bits of, of running a business, um, we try and uh, you know, just build some really great software around to make it easier for sellers. So it really, you know, it comes down to just more buyers and, and then ease. And that's kind of what we do and what we focus on. So speaking of like bringing sellers on and, uh, you know, integrating them into the whatnot uh, environment and ecosystem, you recently, or I saw on Instagram today, uh, 
a famous YouTuber, or sorry, a famous Instagrammer by the name of Shaywave Vlogs, uh, recently announced that he did his first live stream on whatnot. I think it was like last night, and he posted on Instagram today that he's going to do round two. He's going to be much more organized. So, what do you know about Shay, who, by the way, will be on Sports Cards Live After Hours on the twenty seventh of August? So, not too far away, a couple weeks from now. You all want to check that out. He's a host along with Max Norris, Putnam Cards, who will be on next week. Uh, they are co-hosts of Hobby Update. In any event, how did you end up? Get, how, how did uh, Shay find his way to whatnot? You know, I have to, I have to admit, I don't actually know. <laughs> so you know, this. Let me talk about the team then. So sure. you know, I would say, um, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on at whatnot is just the team of folks we brought together. And um, you know, I hope there's just hope, hope there aren't too many other people from my team. I'm just I'm just going to call out. Our sports card team in particular is really exceptional. Actually, our whole team's exceptional, but our sports card team is like really, really exceptional. Um, you know, everyone on that team is is both, you know, incredibly nice, honest, hardworking person, but also loves the hobby. And so they're always kind of looking out for some of the favorite people that they watch break, whether it's on Instagram or, or anywhere else and, and get them over on the app uh, because they love it and they know everyone in the community. And so I, I have to imagine, I'll, I'm going to find out, I got to find out after this, um, you know, that's how Shay, um, you know, made his way. And so I'm going to give, give a couple of call outs for some people on the team. Uh, I'm going to guess it was one of these two guys. So we, there's a, uh, guy by the name of Michael Namoff. I think people only call him Moff though. Um, there's a funny, funny story there, but you know, anyways, it only goes by Moff. And then there's uh, Eric Binder, AKA Binder. Uh, I bet you it was one of those guys, those guys, um, you know, they're, they're, they do amazing work and, and they just know everyone and all the good folks to um, follow and, and buy from in the hobby. That's right. I will yeah. I- I always like when 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 a leader gives a shout out to uh to their to their their employees their 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 teammates I, I you know I never like the question who do you work for I never like to say who I work it's who do you work with you know because everybody is a cog in the machine and uh, of course you know you have you have the C suites you have the executives you have you have all different levels but at the end of the day when a company hires someone they need that person there to help the machine run so. Uh, it's always nice to hear when the the leaders um, shout out uh, their their colleagues. So I appreciate hearing that and uh, shout out to those guys for sure. I want to say hi to we got Jake in the house from 90s B-Ball Cards. Welcome, Jake. Toa wants to know the story behind the name Whatnot. Now, you started to talk about it before. I don't remember if you if you got there or not. I, I only retain about 80% of what my guests can say because I'm producing at the same time. But what is the story behind the name? Yeah, I, I wish I had a, some of the story is good and then some of the story is bad. So um, <clears throat> I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll just give you the honest story and, and it's kind Thank of fun. Thank you to Kyle McDowell. This is a crazy night for uh, for contributions to the channel. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, thank you everyone for supporting. It's, uh, it's awesome to see. Obviously, Jeremy's doing an awesome thing here. So um, the, the name of whatnot. Okay. So back in the early days of whatnot, we really wanted to call ourselves legit. <laughs> um, because I was just like a cool name and, you know, we, we kind of, there's a ode to kind of the safety and making sure you, you get exactly what you think you're going to get. Um, anyways, we couldn't get legit.com because we didn't have enough money. It's like a couple hundred thousand dollar domain. 
And so we settled for buying always legit for like $200. And then um, so this guy on our team, John, who's been with us since the beginning days. Um, and, you know, we had, he's a designer. Uh, so he's, you know, a little bit more creative than me or my co-founder. A um, little bit better taste. And he was like, we cannot have the domain always legit. That is not, like, I will not get behind this company. And so it's like, okay, okay fine. Well, we'll go about it. And so then we, you know, it's me, Logan and John, we go and we literally like, okay, John's going to run a brainstorm on ideas. And so we start listing out all the names that we thought were cool. And one of the top names that came up was, was what, I had to go look at the sheet. I can't remember the other ones. What not was the standout name. And they're like, okay, that's like a great name. Um, you know, perfect for a collectibles marketplace where you're just going to like, you know, we always had the vision. We're going to have Funkos and Pokemon and sports cards and comic books and whatnot. Like, oh, it's, it feels so perfect. Um, can we get the domain? And that's always the hard bit when you're starting on, if we're going to give you whatnot, we want to have whatnot.com. And then my co-founder, Logan, reaches out to the person who owns whatnot.com. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll sell it to you for Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And so Bitcoin was $10,000. I, I won't lie. Another one of my side hobbies is, is cryptocurrency. <laughs> and so, you know, I had some Bitcoin and we're like, he came out with a bid, uh, you know, opening bid of Bitcoin. We can get it cheaper, right? So then Logan's like, all right, I'm going to offer him half a Bitcoin. And then, <laughs> then he offered him half a Bitcoin and he accepted it. And we did the transaction and it's like some website tool. And it was the first time I'd ever taken Bitcoin. So it was a little bit of a hassle. And at one point he sent us why not instead of whatnot. I guess he owned why not and whatnot. But we were <laughs> we were able to get whatnot back. And and really it was, you know, it was John that named it. And then we just had the fortuitous luck of um of being able to acquire it at such a low cost. Um, you know, I talked to have you have you had Matt uh Turner from PSA on the show? Yeah, I have. He was uh, on in May. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, you know, we're Nat was actually an early investor and whatnot. And, um, you know, he, we, we were chit-chatting sometimes like, oh, whatnot. It's like the best name for a collectibles marketplace. And, you know, we started talking about his, he had, he ran a company before this called Flatiron. And, uh, you know, suffice it to say for the name Flatiron, he paid an arm and a leg for it. And when I told him we paid, you know, the equivalent of $5,000 for whatnot, he was like, oh my God, how did you get it for that? Obscenely jealous. <laughs> so that's, that is the, that is the story of whatnot. I, you know, partly fun, partly less interesting than you would think. And we just, we just thought it was a cool name and it's just perfect for a collectible marketplace. I think it's an amazing name too. And I liked, you know, when you said, uh, you know, we always visioned it where somewhere as being somewhere you could buy Funkos and sports cards and whatnot. Like, yeah, per perfect, perfect name. Uh, I think, it, and I like the logo too. Uh, the color is nice. Everything, everything's great about it. So Congrats on that. I mean, that, 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 that is a fun story for sure. I want to say hello to Hattrick's Heroes and uh, Hattrick Heroes. Hattrick Heroes, Hattrick Heroes twice. Good evening to you. Good evening. M Perks, sport your card, says as a fellow Mainer, I'm happy for Grant and whatnot success. I'm signing up right now. And say, kid, part of the team, says Grant is an exceptional leader and one of the smartest individuals I've ever had the pleasure of meeting Really nice to hear. Really nice to hear. Rip and Wax says it's the best team. Sakit says, uh, yeah, UFC hits last week. Congrats on that. Moff hit us with a, a contribution. Ben Taylor with a contribution. Again, thank you, Ben Taylor. Scott Fiscus, good evening to you. One Stop Toy Shop, good evening. 
Kyle McDowell says, great name. No doubt about it. Wow. I, I've had nights, Grant, where there's been like I've had I've had months where there's been not a single uh, contribution. I don't expect them. It's 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 not something I even think about. I've had maybe I don't know five total over all my a year and a half of doing that. Maybe not five. Maybe ten different times. And tonight it's already tonight has exceeded the total uh, like life to date. So that's pretty wow. cool. Thank you, Moff. Really appreciate that. Uh, okay, so let's. Unless there's anything else specifically about whatnot, I do want to get your opinion on a few things, your thoughts on some more general hobby stuff. But uh, is there anything that we kind of left off? I am glancing over my notes. I don't see anything, but is there anything else um, for, from your end that you want to cover? Uh, no, I don't think so. And, you know, if anything pops up in your mind, feel free to ask her, et cetera. So I'm going to ask you this. There's a lot of people starting businesses in the hobby right now. I think uh, we've seen so we've seen the infrastructure really start to blow up. Uh, it was evident at the national with the, just the amount of corporate uh, setups and booths from companies that weren't there two years ago. What advice would you give somebody who wants to start a business in the hobby? Yeah, that's um, it's a good one. So <clears throat> I would say two. I, I would say a couple things on this one. Um, you know, one is it can be a superpower to really, really understand um, what you're going into business with. The best founders deeply, you know, the, honestly, the, some of the best software companies and the best businesses in the world are, are built by people who are solving a problem for themselves. Now, um, the word of caution I would give is just because you love something doesn't mean you can turn it into a real business. You have to have be really thoughtful with how you're going to build the business how are you going to make money how are you going to serve your customers um so i would say one if you're in the hobby uh i think you'll you'll have an advantage but it doesn't give you an excuse kind of not to be really thoughtful on the business side i um i think the best so we went through y combinator which i, I mentioned earlier and, and y combinator is you know very well known for starting some of the most successful companies in the world and they have a mantra which is build something people want. That's literally, that's, that is, that is like the tagline. And so if I were to, if I think it's, it's so simple, but it's very true. And so what you need to do is you can love something, but you still then have to build something that people actually want. And there's kind of a little asterisk. So you have to build something that people want that can also make money. Um, but I think that if you had to have one thing in your head, it would it'd be build something that people want. Uh, and so take that knowledge and, and actually solve a real problem for real people. And that is the underpinnings of a good business. Okay. There you go, everybody. If you're looking to do something, build something that people actually want and find a way to make it profitable so that you can actually sustain your, your team and, and all that. A uh, fire sports cars asked, just curious, why was the whatnot logo changed? Um, we, so we're, we are in the process. It should be out in like two-ish weeks where we have an entirely ground up rebuild of our applications uh, with kind of new design and new technology. So when we, when we built the first version of whatnot, um, my, my co-founder Logan, he literally built the apps in two weeks. And I have to admit, we didn't expect the level of success and growth in the business. 
And so the way we built those apps wasn't meant to really scale to the extent that the business has grown to. And so we're rebuilding apps with some new technology that will make the, the, the apps better. And in doing that, we've redesigned a bunch of the pieces. And so now it just like, it's, it's really changed to just fit better into the new design and aesthetic of that. Yeah, makes sense, mate. I'm gonna bring up Ben's comment here. It's long, but he's basically saying uh, to Ben, yes, Grant did touch on the, the, the venture capital that was raised, but to the crux of the question, where can, uh, where can users send ideas and requests for changes to the app? So um, the best thing is to just go to support at whatnot.com. Um, literally all of the feedback we get from buyers and sellers, we, sh we then share internally in our team and we go through all of it. And that is actually how we decide to build the software that we build. It's literally the problems or the things that people ask for. So support at whatnot.com is a good place. You can also tweet us. You can let us know on Instagram. Really, we'll, we'll take a look wherever people are telling us. Ben, you can post them up on Sports Cars Live. We seem to get things done here. So feel free to post them up here too. Uh, he goes on to ask, where can we buy merch? Um, we don't uh, We don't have the ability to sell merch right now. On occasion, what we do in you know my stream or Logan's stream or someone on the, the team stream is we just give it away for free. I think we've done a couple of charity auctions with it too. Uh, it's something we'll look into though. Perfect, we perfect. There you go, Ben. And Mark Lee says, I put in my host application. Let's do this from Ripken rookie cards to Gretzky dolls. I am in. And Mark is someone that I, I would certainly vouch for. So, okay. Back to collectors and businesses. This might be, it might sound like a redundant question because you, you are one, but you know, I've heard narrative out there that, you know, collectors can't really also profit from the from the hobby because then it's no longer a hobby. H how do you just, how, how do you shut that down? Um, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I think lots of people have opinions and, you know, people are entitled to them. So I'll just speak to myself and, and you can take that as, as you want to. Um, you know, I, I spend all day, you know, I, I work on whatnot all, all day, you know, 16 hours a day or something like that. Uh, and it's all about collectibles and, you know, we do make some money off of it. And in my spare time, I still collect, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I still love it and I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I'm probably, it's a little bit, the only the, the thing I would say is a little bit dangerous for your wallet, um, but not for my enjoyment level. Uh, my enjoyment level is still as high as it ever is. And, um, and actually part of the thing that I love about what I do now is because we're starting to get into so many different categories and other collectibles. I kind of take, you know, the hobby just keeps expanding for me. You know, I've gotten into bear bricks and, you know, I've gotten back into sports cards and uh, I still have the same level of fun with it that I always had. Um, and I just don't think it changes. The truth is I'm very fortunate where I get to my, all of my passions come together and I think it's amazing. I'm just very lucky. So, sounds good to me, man. I mean, it all makes sense. I never really understood that that uh, outlook because I think that I think that if you are a hobbyist, a passionate hobbyist, you can number one, it's going to help you identify that need that people want. If you have some business acumen as well, um, it, you're just gonna you're just gonna enjoy your life more by by integrating perhaps earning a living along with uh, with your hobby. So, okay. I want you to share your perception of the hobby. Now, by the hobby, I mean sports cards because you 
started with you started with the Funkos, the Pokemon sports cars weren't your first love. I, I kind of think you, you must be loving them more, more now as they are the, the biggest category on the platform. But uh, share your perception of the sports cards hobby today through your lens being a co-founder at Whatnot. Uh, it's a good it's a good question. So I'll just I'll probably just give some observations. Um, and I don't know, you know, what else what else to have there. Um, the thing, okay, one of the things that I love about the hobby uh, is how it's just bridging so many generations. I actually don't see that same thing in some of the like other collector categories. So you know, when I was at the national, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, there's kids from seven to people in their teens, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties. And it's, it's, it's really cool to just see that range of people get brought together by a shared passion. And I, none of, none of the other categories we have on whatnot is, is like that, you know, Funko doesn't have that great of range and that great of history. I think the thing with sports cards, sports cards has such a deep history in, in the U S and, and people have been collecting it for so long. And so there's so much tradition and so many people all along the spectrums. And I just think it's, it's unmatched in like the group of people it brings together. Um, so that's, you know, that would be the biggest one. Then the, then I guess the, the, the market, you know, then the, the market of it, the market of it still kind of blows me away <laughs> where like the dollar values is just, you know, mind boggling the, the, the dollar values and, you know, obviously um, at the national was the most expensive card ever sold, right? The $4.5 million um, Mahomes or one of the most expensive. One of the most, yeah. One of the most expensive. So yeah, sorry, I misspoke. Um, one of the most expensive cards ever sold. And you, you, the, you don't really see that in some of the, you know, $10,000 Funko Pop is like the extent of it. And, you know, Pokemon has some expensive cards. You know, PSHN, Shadowless Charizards, about four or 500,000. Um, the, you know, the first one I think is the best fit. And then the second one is just, I don't know, it's just something that blows my mind all the time. Every, every month or two now, I'm seeing a new record for one of those things. It's, my God. Uh, there's there's clearly monster amounts of kind of passion and, and love for these things in a way yeah. that there isn't in other categories. Yeah, I, I the it's interesting for me to ask you because you know I've been in the hobby for 40 years and so to to hear your perspective and the fact that the thing that sticks out to you is the the multi generational kind of piece, the passing down and the history of the hobby in the U.S. and I'll add Canada into there as well, of course, because I'm, I'm up here. But uh, you know it. It's nice to hear that because I think that's what gives the hobby a lot of its foundation. And it's it's due to the importance of sports in our cultures. So, right, that that's really sports have been around so long. I've, I say it, I say it quite a bit right now. As long as there are people, sorry, as long as there are sports, there will be cards. And as long as there are people, there will be there will be collectors. So I don't see either of those going away anytime soon. Um, okay. Before my next question to you, I just want to address Troy. He asked, who makes up those rules about uh, not being able to collect and have a business? Uh, the answer to that, Troy, is very narrow-minded people make up those rules. So they are certainly not rules. Uh, Mark Lee says, the beauty of collecting is the enjoyment one gets from the smile on the collector's face, which is uh, very, very true. 
And Moff lets us know that there are 37 sports sellers live right now on Whatnot. So I apologize for taking this audience away from Whatnot. But, hey, maybe we're introducing more than 37 people to the uh, to the platform right now. Okay, back to the hobby for a moment, Grant. Why? In Okay, I'm going to preface this with the fact that sports cards are now the biggest vertical or category on your platform, Whatnot. So you're obviously invested in it and it's important to you. Why will the, in your opinion, why will the hobby continue to uh, keep the pace that it's on and continue to grow? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I know, you know, you hear a lot of people taking both sides of the, the, the spectrum, uh, particularly with some of the highs of the market. Um, I still tend to be very bullish and I, I think the hobbies only in the, the beginning days. Um, I, and, and maybe I should, I, I think there's a couple ways you could define that. So I think it's the two ways I would think about it is kind of one, the hobby becomes bigger as long as more people are collecting and there's more people in it. And then I know a, a, one of the ways that people are always tracking it is like what's happening with the market, our prices going up and prices going down. And so I would say I remain bullish on both of those ways I would view for how like the hobby is going to grow. Um, I, I think, and the reason is really simple. Like um, one, I, I just think there's still so many people who are rediscovering sports cards and memorabilia and getting back into it. Uh, and so there's just like, there's, a, so, there's just so many people still left and I'll, I'll get into why I think more people are going to discover it. Uh, and then, you know, on the prices, it's just, a, it is a supply and demand equation. The more people in there, the more demand there is, and therefore the, the market rises. Uh, to me, what I, what I see driving a lot of this, uh, to be honest, is social media. I, I think the thing that is different from, say, you know, the 80s and 90s is everyone today is so connected. And so when one person uh, gets into the hobby and, and, you know, as anyone does who's in this, they share out what they're collecting, they talk about it with their friends, and just, you know, more and more people start to see that. And not only is it happening for individuals I don't, like myself, who don't really have much social following, it's, it's also happening for tons of big names, celebrities and, and influencers, whether, um, uh, you know, I've been in contact, uh, we'll see if we can get this happening. You know, yesterday, I was, you know, in contact with one of the um, biggest NBA players in the, in, in the world. And he is interested, he's going to be opening his own card shop. He's interested in using whatnot exclusively for his platform. And, and people like that are just going to bring lots more people into the hobby. Uh, they're going to post about it. They have huge followings. And, um, you know, as, as we talked about earlier, I kind of um, got it back into this through sneakers. And to me, the, there's a lot of parallels with the sneaker market. And so if you go back to 2014, 2015, the sneaker market is you know, hundreds of millions of dollars market. And people were like, oh, it could never get that much bigger. It could never get that much bigger. Um, but it's, it's, it's huge now. There's like, you have StockX and Go, you know, they'll both IPO sometime in the next year and, and create, you know, 15, $20 billion worth of market cap. And a lot of what drove that was just the 
social media and, and, you know, big names and people getting in that then just brought more people and more excitement to the thing. And so that's what I see happening with uh, sports cards. Yeah, I, th I think the social media part is super important. It's so much more fun being a collector now, the community and the ability to go on Instagram, especially for, for me. Uh, Twitter, not as much, but I know it's got a, there's a huge uh, contingent of hobbyists that love Twitter. It's just what you're, what you like, what you're used to. And of course, YouTube has been great for, it. but I don't know if you just realized, but you just dropped a bomb on us. You just dropped like breaking news that one of the biggest NBA, one of the most famous NBA players is going to be opening a card shop. Uh, you didn't say who, which I know you should, yeah. but that's big news that you, I mean, my, whoa, seriously, like, wow. Is there anything else you can tell us about that? Where, when, um, who? Yeah, I, I can't right now. I can tell you like, you know, we're, we're working with them on part, you know, going to try and partner with them to help them get that off the ground. Um, mainly on like the live streaming and breaking side. Um, and I, you know, I, I think, I mean, it was really exciting. I was, they actually reached, you know, they, they got in contact with me, which is really cool. Um, you, you know, like, uh, it, it's, it's very cool to see. I, you, I told, go to the side. you told them to watch you on sports cards live later on, right? <laughs> well, I know we posted on our, 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 all of our social. So, um, I know that person does follow us and they found out. I didn't even know they knew about us. Well, and if he's so, watching, you're invited, whoever you are, you are invited on sports cards live. <laughs> Yeah, and hey, you know, maybe what we'll be able to do is um, once he is launched up, we can see if we can uh, get him over to to build a, talk about his, his shop and what he's got going on. But I, I um, to me, I just see more of this happening. You know, we um, we partner we're partnered up with Steve Aoki, for instance, and in like the Pokemon side, and you know, he's building his own card breaking shop and all these things, and then you have. Um, you know, like the coffee breakers and, you know, they bring on a bunch of celebrities and big name folks. Um, and, you know, we, we work with other athletes now on, on that as well. And uh, I just think we're just in the beginning days of that. Uh, it's just, it's such a natural, like if you're a big name athlete, you're into sports, people who follow you are into sports. What's, and everyone's, you know, everyone's, everyone's kind of getting a little bit business now. All these athletes are investing or starting businesses. It's like a, it's just a very natural thing to go into. I, I don't think he'll be the last person. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Really cool. Okay, we're going to run through some more comments. We're going to start winding down, but we're going to run through some more. Matt Jones just signed up. Can't wait to use it. Victor says, just downloaded the app. Seems very interesting. Is there any fees associated with transactions or use of the apps, uh, which it wasn't discussed already, Victor? I mean, Obviously, there are fees. Can you give us a quick uh, summary of how the fees work? Yeah, so our, our base fee, we, we only charge sellers right now. We do take a transaction fee. Um, our base fee is 8% of the items sold. So you only pay it when the items are sold. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how we run the business is, is when a seller sells an item, we take an 8% fee and that keeps the business running. Uh, and then, you know, in exchange for that, we uh, work really hard to make sure we're bringing you lots of buyers and making the process super easy. And then yeah. buyers don't pay anything. It's completely free for buyers. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's great. Um, and that's lower than the Ebays of the world. Yeah. We, we, of course, wanted to make sure our fees were lower than eBay. <laughs> for sure. Now, uh, Dave Slipka, who will be joining me on After Hours. Guys, again, I want to make sure everybody who's here watching Grant and learning about whatnot Check back on the, when we end this episode, I will be back with Dave at around in around 22 minutes from now or so depends if we wrap up a little bit early here with Grant, be sure to uh, 
you know, come along and, and have a have a listen and a watch of that episode. Dave is the most connected man in the hobby. So be sure to uh, be sure to watch that episode a little bit later. His question is, are sales results viewable on whatnot? Now, before you take it, Mike says that as a seller, you can see your sales results after each show and they are saved in the database. But I think the question is really, are they trackable? And uh, to Slipka, forgive me if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of, you know, there, there's data tools out there right now. One, for example, is called, called Card Ladder. The founders were on with me last week and they have, they have like APIs or deals with 13 different platforms. Maybe it's more than that now to, to import sales results so that they can really start to build out um, these, these data tools and have just more data points. Uh, is that something that's on your uh, whatnot's radar to start maybe um, partnering up with a, 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 an entity like a card ladder uh, or one of the other ones or, or more than one to share the data to help build out this data set? So what I what I can say is uh, what we want to do is we want to give collectors as much data as possible so they can make smart, informed decisions and actually understand the market. Um, we're work in order to do that really well. There's there's just some things we have to change in the way whatnot's constructed. Like we have to have pro- specific products so that we know this is the product, this is what it's sold for, and we're working on all of that. And once we have that, we'll start exposing all of the sales and pricing data. We don't have it right now, but it is on the roadmap for the future. Very cool. A couple of guesses. Uh, Troy guesses Luca. Yam, welcome, my buddy Yam. Well, uh, guesses KD, as does Will. Troy Troy throws MJ out there for sure. Mark Lee says, we are also back to the hobby. We're growing because of shows like this. Thank you, Mark. And having good people in the hobby that sell legitimate collectibles and cards, whether it's grading or proper Letters of authenticities all strengthens the hobby for sure. That's great. Tom says, got to have good morals, ethics, and accountability. Definitely agree with that. David Kahana says, Mike Moff is a great ambassador for whatnot. That's really cool. And Moff's here to say thank you very much. Toa says, do you see tools like market movers and card ladder approaching? What? Oh, we just talked about that. We, we are on the same page there, you and me, Toa, for sure, for sure. Hi, KD. Get your toes behind the three-point line next time. <laughs> Because he's watching sports cars live right now, for sure. I'll say hi to him, too. Hi, Katie. All right. Uh, you know, let, let's start to wind this up, uh, Grant. I want to know, what are you most proud of right now? I mean, I, I'm proud of you, and I don't I don't really even know you. But I just think it's an awesome platform. Obviously, um, your users are passionate. They've been on here. Your team is passionate. They've been on here. I, I kind of know what the answer is, but think outside. What are, you, what are you most proud of right now and what you've accomplished and... Uh, and it's a two-parter. What's to come? What are you proud? What, what, what are you going to be proud of two years from now? So, you know, I, I think there's there's really three things I'm very proud of having worked on whatnot. I would say um, I think the one goes without saying is we're we're incredibly proud of what we've been able to build as a team. Um, we think it's you know it's really fun to see all the folks in here and, and who are interested in it and using the platform. Um, I really think, though, that the two biggest parts of that are um, the businesses that we've helped create. So, you know, our mission is to enable anyone to make a make a living from their passion. And so it's awesome to see where we've built many multi-million dollar um, businesses and businesses are going to continue to grow. Um, I know it's, it's ripping wax in here, so I got to call him out. Uh, you know, I, I think we've been able to work with him and, and help build a great business and there's there's many other folks as well 
so I'm immensely proud of that. And then I think we just, we've been able to do it with a really great team of people. I think part of, um, you know, I, I've worked in some, some big companies uh, before and, you know, sometimes you, you, you work with various people of various ethics and things like that. And, um, I think one of the things I'm just really proud of with the team we built up whatnot is we've got a group of obviously very hardworking and smart people, but they're all just great, good, nice people. And I'm very proud of creating a space like that and, and excited to continue to do it. Um, so I think, you know, those are the big ones. Then, you know, what's next? Um, you know, I, I, I said this before, which is like, if you're going to build a business, you know, build something, you know, people want and people love. And so I think we're just going to continue to listen to our collectors, listen to our sellers and, and, um, try and build a great product and experience for them. Cause like so many of the businesses and where we are in marketplaces have just gotten away from that. They're not building something that people are going to love and they're not listening to their customers and, you know, as much as they should. And so, you know, we'll just keep doing that. Um, you know, there's going to be some fun stuff. We'll, we'll add in the app to, um, you know, from automatic, you know, to integrating PSA grading, uh, to adding and making it easier to do breaks, to uh, enabling people to create events, uh, P2P messaging so you can contact your customers more easily, um, all of those things. I could, I could go on. There's, you know, there's a lot of things percolating in our head, but uh, I think the thing that holds true is we're just going to stay really close to uh, our collector audience and our sellers and, and build something for them. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate having you on tonight. I've, I've enjoyed it uh, immensely. I, I really like what you guys are doing. You seem to have a great team. I, I can tell that you're, uh, you're, you're grateful for your team, your, your, your sellers, your buyers. That, that's, that's, that's what you want. You're making yourself available by coming on, on this show. So greatly appreciate that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wind this down, everybody. Uh, we will be coming back, as I mentioned, with Dave Slipka, Chi-Town Hustler, the most connected man in the hobby. In about what well, we may start a bit early, so watch the channel for that. But I do want to let everybody know before we uh, go to final comments uh, from the chat and uh, and a goodbye message from Grant. Upcoming episodes, guys. Next week is the PWCC Premier Auction ending watch party with Adam Gray, the Real Twenty Seven guy. For the third time, we'll be covering that auction ending. They are very very exciting. Later on that night, Max P Max Norris Putnam Cards on Instagram, co-host of Hobby Update, the podcast will be joining me the week after. It's on the ticker too. Gene McLeod from Arena Designs, who Upper Deck just brought back to help design sports cards. She designed the Jambalaya's, Essential Credentials, the Platinum Portraits, all these awesome cards from the 90s. She'll be on. And at the end of that night, on After Hours, will be Max's partner, Shay, a recent addition to the Whatnot Sellers roster, will be joining me during After Hours. So we're going to go to final comments grant and then we'll uh we'll say goodbye to you mark uh thank you so much for coming and i vouched for march mark earlier we have the same last name we are not related i want to make that very clear steve foley great to have you happy to have you here listening to this awesome uh episode uh thank you for joining joe perot says best of luck grant and kudos to your vision look forward to seeing what is ahead moff thank you so much brody glad you stuck it out buddy great to have you here Moff wants to know, did Brody break that box of national treasures? Moff is the one that handed him the, the ticket. Welcome to the show, Fowl Fiveball. Glad you were here. Curious if Brody hit anything. Thank you, Mike Wick. Great to have you. 
Eric, always a pleasure to have you. He says he's been looking at the app while I've been listening. Looks very interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Fire, thank you so much. And that's a thank you to you too. Mike, great to have you. Tom Bullard, welcome to Sports Cards Live. Hope you guys, guys, I haven't said this yet. If you're new to, to this channel, new to my show, Sports Cards Live, please hit the subscribe button. I bring you great interviews every Saturday night. So I, I, I greatly appreciate uh, additional subscriptions. Makes me feel good, guys. Makes me feel good. Ben Taylor says, Grant, I do appreciate your consideration. I'm really just excited to be a part of the newest and best app out there. Thank you for taking your time to talk with all of us. Have a great night, Ben. And Ben and everybody else who contributed funds to, to me and to Sports Cards Live tonight. I can't tell you how awesome that is. And I just thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Toa. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Brody. He's holding the box for now, he says. Smart. We love it. We love it. All right. So thanks again to everybody in the chat and the audience for watching. Grant. Final uh, goodbyes and comments from you. And uh, that'll be it, everybody, until a few minutes from now when I come back with uh, the Chi-Town Hustler. Um, Jeremy, I just want to thank you for having me on. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in and uh, the questions and the support. Uh, it's awesome to see. Yeah, it, it's my pleasure again, Grant. So thank you for making yourself available, everybody. That is it for now. We'll see you on After Hours. And uh, if not, we'll see you next weekend. Good night for now. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.